Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trent Crim podcast. I'm Lou. And I'm Bart. And uh, once again, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, especially today, because we're going to talk about the first episode of season three. We've Yay! made it! We've <laughs> made it to season three, finally! And it feels like it's like been out almost a week now, because it almost has been out a week now. Yeah. But that gave us the chance to, I don't know how many times you watched it by now. I think I did three, four times. Yeah, it's wonderful to be back. I mean, the first most obvious <laughs> thing that we have to talk about is that James Lance is, as we all expected, in the opening title. His name features in the opening. Very excited yeah. to get that confirmed. Yeah, he's a cool new addition to the people who get mentioned there i think there's two or three more people yeah. i think also billy harris who plays colin is now there i think i'm not sure if colin bocchini who's isaac was yeah. there before but he is now he um and yeah so uh james lance is there too very exciting <laughs> the only thing that overshadowed the excitement for me was that they had to go through the names so fast to fit them yeah. all in the intro that it was really <laughs> kind of funny to look at like i was watching them intently waiting for his name but i was already laughing because they were like boom, 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 <laughs> to get through all the names and I think it's very funny because I didn't notice until the third time I watched that, that his fast. name was there. <laughs> it went by too fast. And I mean, you said, as we all expected, I didn't expect it. I hoped for it, yeah. but I didn't, I did apparently didn't believe in it enough to go looking for it. So that's why I didn't <laughs> notice. I mean, that was the biggest theme for us before mm -hmm. season three started, that we had like these hopes based on interviews and everything, but mm -hmm. we couldn't fully believe in it. So it really takes seeing that it's happening to believe it like it, he he's not in episode one so it's mm -hmm. very easy to go oh it was all it was all made up he's not that important this season mm -hmm. but then he's in the opening credits and you're like oh maybe he is actually let me think about that again i mean that's fun like we know he's going to be important we know it now especially because he's in in the title credits but he isn't even there and yet and yet, and yet, his presence is so felt, or his absence. <laughs> yeah. I feel even though he's not in the episode, he's there in spirit in many scenes. I mean, that is such a beautiful thing in this episode. Um, I'm going to start with the Richmond press um, conference where Marcus Adebayo is now the independent, where he, he now has Trent's job. And it is such a cute moment because everyone remembers Trent. Everyone remembers Trent from The mm. Independent and he honors sort of this legacy by doing the same bit with the name in the introduction and everyone's like, ooh. Yeah, it's so, cute. so cute because Trent left this world, but he's still there. Everyone still remembers and cares about him. <laughs> they can still hear his they voice. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> uh, just because you said he left this world. <laughs> yeah, this press world. Yeah, he left yeah, the I mean, world of journalism, and it's so yes. sweet that that you know, he's you know he, they they care about him still, even though they don't mm -hmm. see him every day anymore. And also good for Marcus for getting this. Mark, um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of an upgrade because I don't think he had a last name no. before. Now he has a last name, and he is Marcus Adebayo, the Independent. The independent. It's so <laughs> feels cool. like. A, like a title in its own right like <laughs> and I didn't honestly I didn't expect it I didn't think 
about sort of who's going to replace Trent at his mm -hmm. job. But I don't know why. I just figured it might be someone from the independent. But yeah. it makes so much sense to have a different journalist that we already know and like. Mm -hmm. get this job now it's it's such a sweet touch i loved it and it oh. also brings back you know into the viewer's mind who you know might not realize that trend will be back or that trend will be important to sort of bring this back to the viewer the casual viewer like hey remember that bit that that guy did it's mm -hmm. a new guy now remember <laughs> think about that guy who left think about him why did he leave again think about it again <laughs> like uh <-huh. laughs> Yeah, that, and it's also very interesting because, like I said, his absence is so felt. Like, yeah. this, the press room, that's usually his time to shine. Like, that's his moment. And even um, the point where Marcus comes in with his question and the question he asks, that's so trend-coded, <laughs> I'd say. Like, he he's asking the hard question of yeah. what do you say Um about the comments that Nate made. Yeah, it's it's really he's he's taken that place and he's doing with doing it with the same kind of I don't know respect maybe um that uh, Trent had at the like at towards the end where he knew he could ask these questions because um Ted would have an answer. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. And just generally I love the the vibe of that press conference because it was such yeah. a nice uh contrast to to the first press conference in season one mm. especially because the press conference at west ham is a direct like mirror of mm. that very first press conference for ted because the the west ham press room was also very interesting to me from a a trend enjoyer perspective <laughs> well, well, for many other reasons as well I love that scene it's very um, it tells us so much where Nate stands right now but to me that press room with Rupert there um, mm -hmm. and Nate uh, in that seat that's kind of a way to show us how it was at Richmond before Ted came like what kind of atmosphere uh, what kind of culture yeah. we had in the press room so that's also something that tells us where trend was before and then we see <laughs> um you said i think uh discount trend crib. <laughs> so, he is come on that guy was he, he doesn't even have a name he doesn't even have a fun little, uh, <laughs> fun little catchphrase but he's so obviously modeled after him yes and the way he asks that question uh, with his posh little accent um <laughs> his glasses <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that was very interesting to me to to think about that like to to watch him in that interaction and to think about oh that must have been what Trent had to deal with for years at Richmond too um and the kind of culture that Rupert yeah cultivates mm. and I think I said that before in the in the previous episodes that I'm so interested to see the interaction between Trent and Rupert now because I have a feeling that there was something there before like uh, a, a very specific way Trent was attacked um, on a personal level and we do see that in the knockoff uh, Trent mm -hmm. Grimm version too that this guy he he asks uh, a question that has like some bite and is kind of personal and uncomfortable and along the lines of is this a fucking joke but 
the way he gets shot down is also personal. Like he gets, um, yeah. Nate, Nate says, what does he say again? He, he says, how can someone so intelligent looking be so stupid or yeah. something similar? So that kind of vibe, I imagine, is something Trent had to deal with too. Yeah, that that is that was very interesting because in a way it confirmed what we said, um, what we thought before that Ted is very unusual because he he's nice to mm. Trent. Not only before Trent speaks, where he goes out and like compliments him, like does mm-hmm. makes a personal compliment about his glasses that already throws Trent off because he's not used to it, and then he doesn't respond to his question by being equally mean back. Mm. But like he he's. He, he keeps being nice to him and it really confirms seeing how Nate reacts to such a question and such a person that that is 100% how it used to be at Richmond as well mm-hmm. and that's what what Trent is used to and that's why Ted surprises him mm-hmm. so much yes and also like we see Rupert actively encourage yeah. um, Nate to be that way like Nate feels insecure or maybe even a little bit uncomfortable about that kind of like expression um but like he gets rewarded for for it by rupert and also by the press room because they laugh they think it's yeah. funny that he drags um his former boss and um yeah is just generally being a little bit of an asshole <laughs> um and yeah it, he gets rewarded the people like him for it and so yeah it's no wonder that that was the culture before ted came in what a wonderful coincidence that all the nice people were already in the rich <laughs> <laughs> like Marcus I mean, and Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I I could even argue that the the first uh, guy who asks the question at West Ham, that's also like he asks, "Do you get along with the players at West Ham?" Oh, yeah. And that's also a very nice question. Yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's also what uh, throws Nate because he is like he probably expected. Yeah, he prepared some... for something very different. Yeah, and he's he's good with like biting back and yeah, what the the thing he says about uh, Ted, he's prepared for that. Yeah, like he needs to take his time and he he is getting panicked, but I think what panics him more is actually the the human like element of mm-hmm. his job at West Ham because he knows that this is not <laughs> the mm-hmm. way to do things uh, with Ted and Richmond. But now we're not talking about Trent we're anymore. not talking we keep ending up talking about Nate. It's it's a problem. Uh, because he's such he's an so compelling. Character. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. I have my minute of going absolutely buck wild about the soundtrack? I mean, please take several minutes because I will. <laughs> okay, I I just, just want to throw out again. There's going to be spo- we're going to talk about the season three soundtrack, and there will be spoilers on there for future episodes. So if that is something you don't want to get spoiled for, again, maybe do not listen to this part because I will talk about the soundtrack now. All right, that was your warning. <laughs> do it. Where do I even begin? So the soundtrack is absolutely wonderful as all Ted Lasso soundtrack have been so far. Super diverse mix of songs. But one that stood out to me immediately is Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Hmm. Because this is a song that was famously featured and I think written for the movie 
Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is one of my absolute favorite movies in the world. And two things about this song on the soundtrack. One, it is right after all the Dutch songs, which means that it's most likely part of or like directly following the Amsterdam episode. And two, in the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the song plays during a very out of place, Mm. adorable, hilarious, wholesome bike riding scene. So this, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I don't think we've had time yet. But there's this standing theory that when Trent said at the end of season two that he doesn't know how to ride a bike and they're now heading to Amsterdam, the the bike capital of the world, Mm. that Trent is going to learn how to ride a bike now. And this song just in my head just confirms that because it is such a, like, like the scene where, Butch Cassidy teaches his friend Edna Blaze how to ride a bike and shows her like what bikes are because they were new at the time. Like mm. that is such an like it would be wild if they had that song in the episode in the bike capital of the world and then it wasn't about riding a bike. <laughs> like that would be a plot twist to me. Like it has to be about bikes. And yeah. especially because like this scene in the movie is very romantic coded. It was like very subtle way for them to confirm that like this trio of characters are um maybe a little more uh close than Mm. um they are allowed to explicitly state uh so it was like this very cute wholesome romantic scene of like two characters riding a bike together and learning how to ride a bike and doing Mm. tricks with a bike so i in my mind i am now fully expecting ted lasso to teach trent grim how to ride a bike and mm-hmm. recreating the scene from my favorite movie that is so incredibly cheesy. Yeah. I'm so excited. I really hope that's what this is and that it's not like just the song that plays over the credits or something. Mm-hmm. I am fully expected. Like this would cater to me so directly that it's honestly scary. Like if this happens, it would, I, I mean, I've thought about this bike teaching, like bike ride teaching scene for so long, but never, never would I have dared to imagine it could be like a reference to one of my favorite movies with a bike scene in it that that would be wild if that that's what's yeah. happening i would go i, mean, I would go nuts this is yeah. would be all we would talk about in that episode <laughs> obviously no i was just thinking if that really happens and it happens that way it's like the universe giving you 100 gold points i don't know it's so <laughs> made for you specifically i think you would deserve that (laughs) oh that would be so wonderful like i can just see it i can see ted like insisting that he teaches trent how to ride a bike and trent's like no please don't and ted's like oh come on i'll be paul newman and you'll be Catherine ross it'll be fun (laughs) i can hear it if that's i'm I'm saying that right now because i hope i'm calling it i hope this is exactly what happens and then there's like this cheesy montage of trent falling off the bike all the time It's also something that Ted would say. I know like, it is I exactly. Can hear it. Exactly. I can hear him saying that. Like maybe I'm just maybe I'm just tuned into the universe, and this is an actual direct quote. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe, and I'm maybe just... you live inside the brain of Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I hope so. I really hope yeah. I'm, I'm speaking this into existence. Uh, never would I have never would have dared to even theorize this could happen until now until seeing this this of all songs on the soundtrack is it even on our bingo 
do we have Trent learning how to ride a bike on the bingo? Did we forget to put that on our bingo? I don't know. It would be so funny if that is what happens. And we that's the only that thing on we forgot to put on that's the bingo. That's why we didn't talk about it yet, because we forgot to put it on our bingo. Let me double check. I This is going to take a second, but I just need to make sure because that would be wild. That is so funny. The mo- that is that just shows how little faith I had in this happening. And now it's very real. Like this is that the chances of this happening just went from like 5% to like 99% likely. Mm-hmm. Because why else? Because we know from James Lance from an interview that this quote about him not ra- knowing how to ride a bike was a last minute addition from Jason Sudeikis. Like they like pushed back the recording date for that scene so that he could rewrite and add some more lines of dialogue and that was part of the rewrites so i feel like he probably had the thought in his mind that this could be a fun thing he probably knew hey we're gonna do an amsterdam episode next season i think Mm -hmm. i'm going to put that in this episode already to foreshadow that like that seems so likely for this show that that's what was happening yeah especially because uh, in a recent interview jason sudeikis talked about how um like the the main structure of the show already exists and there's some moving parts and we know that the trend not being able to ride a bike is one of these moving parts so how far does that go it would be so funny it would be so funny if that's the only thing it's not on our bingo and that's what's happening it's not on our bingo and that is the one because it really was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm imagining that happening, but it's just a cheesy fan and thing. Like every fan wants to see Ted teach Trent how to ride a bike now after that line. But if this song is genuinely a hint that this is exactly what we're getting, I'm losing my mind. Losing mm-hmm. my mind. I'm already losing my It's all I can think about. Like, yeah. I have so many things about things to think about in the show, but I'm just thinking about them recreating a scene from my favorite movie right now. Yeah, and I checked. It's not on our. It's bingo. not on our bingo. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. We had so little faith in this. I don't know. Maybe it was really just uh, something that I thought. Yeah, that's that's good for fanfic, but that's exactly. not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still don't know for sure, but no, but... it's and it, it, oh, it feels so real. It feels so real now. Mm-hmm. One thing that I was very um excited about was that there's a song uh by moses sumney on there before i say that before i come to the other thing <laughs> what you probably think about right now <laughs> um yeah moses sumney is a very cool artist who has written an album about being a romantic and um, i'm just you know the the universe or Ted Lasso and everything around Ted Lasso is giving us so many hints that there's going to be a lot of queerness in that season and just to me that would be very exciting I mean just you know a queer person on the soundtrack who is like specifically not not just an artist who's like a queer artist to me that's very exciting yeah like that's the thing about this inclusion it feels like only a queer person would like put this anywhere on a soundtrack mm-hmm. like only a queer person would be like hey i have this song that would be amazing and like it sort of implies that there's more um of sort of a line of queer people making things for the show to culminate in a queer person picking the song like we're telling queer stories we're including queer musical artists like it all feels like that's mm-hmm. what this is pointing to because it 
it's it just doesn't feel like in the kind of inclusion of a queer artist that a mm -hmm. straight person would make for a straight storyline mm -hmm. very interesting though while we're talking about it something that's absolutely missing from this one is queen why is there yeah. no queen how was, can we i was surprised have a show about football where queen is i mean everywhere with the main character who's obsessed with queen yeah i mean some people say that maybe the soundtrack isn't complete like there are genuine mm. spoilers maybe in the soundtrack so they didn't include all songs mm. um not sure if like that's likely or not but mm -hmm. like a, a queen how could they yeah. not include a queen song here and as far as i can remember there's no queen in the previous seasons as well i was queen in the season two trailer in the trailer yeah but yeah nothing <laughs> don't get the right no no bicycle race <laughs> i was so rooting for bicycle race if I any mean... any bicycle song but it's a different yeah. bicycle song I'm good. I'm good with the bicycle song they they chose, but I would oh. have loved uh, to hear bicycle race. Yeah, would have been fun. Do we want to talk? Uh... Do we want to talk about the birdcage being on the soundtrack? Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> you can start. I mean, so if it's true, and this soundtrack is like released the way that the songs are released, like or are included in the show, so chronologically, that means that the season finale or the final two episodes both include songs from the birdcage mm -hmm. which is a very iconic queer story mm -hmm. and the song that the, the final song on the soundtrack is i am what i am which is famous just even way beyond the birdcage as just mm. such a queer anthem yeah i am what i am is just one of the biggest queer anthem anthems i know and they maybe ending the, sh the like them ending the show on that song, possibly the entire show. I can't think of a single person on this planet who hears this song and is like, "Oh, it's a gay song." Like it's this is just a gay song. It is written like this is from a very very queer musical, and I don't know how familiar people are with the Birdcage, but it's about yeah. a gay couple um, and their son who wants to marry some um, into some very conservative family. And uh, this is probably not relevant to anything. Just no, no, it actually is relevant because okay. um, if I remember correctly, we still haven't rewatched the bird, bird cage yet, but mm -hmm. <laughs> neither of us had time. But uh, we'll talk about it maybe next mm -hmm. episode. Um, the, the, the father, as far as I remember, pretends to be straight for like his job, I think, or just no, they, they they pretend to be straight uh, oh, for, for the, the family of right. the, of the fiance. That, for the family, exactly. Yes, and one and, of them is in drag the full time, and they just pretend to be a straight couple. And there is something about this being like explicitly including like someone pretending to be straight. That's mm -hmm. very that could be a parallel to mm -hmm. the show if we get very lucky. <laughs> mm -hmm. And also because in the movie version, that character is played by yes. Robin Williams. Yes, exactly. Who Ooh. has a huge mustache. <laughs> like, come on! Vaguely familiar. I mean, I'm tin-heading here, but... <laughs> we are tin-heading. Just... And I, I, I wish we had seen the movie, we had rewatched the movie or the musical or something now, because I feel like there's so much to say here, but we have more episodes to go. Yeah, but like it feels get into that next time. Because we already talked about or made a joke about, like, there should be a costume party episode in Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. and Ted Lasso should, like... 
dress up as a famously mustachioed character. And mm. we even joked about how he should be that character who nobody would recognize, but he's, he loves musicals. So this mm. would be a character he would know and maybe care about. And like, it is such a, it would be insane if that actually happens. And he dresses yeah. up as this character and mm -hmm. like the character who famously pretends to be a straight man for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very compelling. I mean, the other option for uh, Ted at a costume uh, party would be as Freddie Mercury, but because there's no queen on the soundtrack, that yeah. couldn't be it. But we don't even know that there's going to be mean, a costume episode. It's just something that we desperately want. <laughs> we went as far as to say, hey, what if there's a costume party episode he dresses up as freddie mercury and sings a queen song like that would be wild and now mm -hmm. our theory has evolved into one of those a costume party he dresses up as i forgot his name but robert williams in the birdcage and sings mm -hmm. fucking i am what i am like that's where we're armand. at now i'm on right yeah that's yeah god i feel so unprepared <laughs> by not having watched this again. <laughs> next time yes the tin hat is on mm-hmm also, nothing to do with Trent Krim or again. anything, but I just but want to say again that... It's kind of about him because he's probably a gay character in this show. Yeah, yes. No, what I wanted to say was uh, that I'm so excited that there's Jesus Christ Superstar on the soundtrack. That has nothing to do with Trent Krim, as far as we know. I like I. <laughs> I want it now so badly. I want him to enter a scene very cool set to the song. That is what I want yeah. now. I mean, I I think uh, this is like it's superstar from yeah. Jesus Christ superstar, yeah. and I think that could be the introduction of the new yeah. character. But yeah, I'm just very excited about that. Lots of musicals on the soundtrack, but that makes sense. I think they've had musicals on the soundtrack before, and the characters are a lot of them famously big musical fans, mm -hmm. especially Ted. Yes, and they reference it a lot, um, but it's just a lot of musicals on there now. Like, a lot. I mean, three songs, but still. <laughs> it's more than most shows. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, there have been several trailers popping up from who knows where. <laughs> and in one of the most recent ones that I have only seen so far in very bad quality, mm. um, I'm not sure where it aired or where that person got it from uh yeah we see for like a second or two we see Trent Kremlin yeah. in action yes <laughs> and to clarify this is not the first big trailer that they released where he walks on the street we are talking about a different trailer mm -hmm. where he sits uh, opposite Rebecca in her office and there's not much to say because nope. he doesn't say anything he just sits there and Tad rambles something um, something about his wishing hour uh, and Trent just sits there and looks up at him and that's all he does but it's still very exciting I mean there are there are questions that are raised now like why is he in Rebecca's office mm -hmm. why is he there for I mean it could be the number one theory that has existed for a while anyway that he has a job at Richmond now and that's why he's in the office because he mm -hmm. works for Rebecca now or maybe 
that was a theory that we just um, came up with because he has his shirt buttoned up all the way to the top, which he's never done mm-hmm. before. That this and is actually a, and his tie is like sitting perfectly. That this mm-hmm. is actually a job interview and not mm-hmm. that he, he doesn't work for Richmond already, but he will now after Rebecca hires him after this interview. And mm-hmm. there is just a wonderful scene playing in my head where Trent is there for a job interview and Ted, as usual, just busts in and just takes over the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it, it it looks like it but yeah i i mean at first i was a little disappointed because as we know i am obsessed with trent's wardrobe choices and from what it looks like this is like what he wears in that scene it's his uh, usual um like gray shirt i think also the tie that he wears in season one and i think even the suit that he wears in season two and from the drastic change he has made in his life at the end of season two, I was hoping that he would also have like a change of wardrobe, mm. um, which the the big season three trailer seems to ju- suggest because I think what he wears there is something we haven't seen before. I mean, it's dark, so I can't be certain, but yes, I think that's the that's the suit he wears for most of. Uh, season two but then again if he, he if he's trying to impress Rebecca because this is a job interview <laughs> that would make uh, sense in that way also you know to sort of keep the recognizability because his character design is very iconic famously and I mean most of it is the hair but mm-hmm. I think it will make sense for maybe maybe this is like in episode two that's coming up now um, we know that he's going to be in that like maybe this is where we see him again for the first time like Ted walks into the office and Trent is sitting there and that's sort of the first time we see him again and that's why they wanted mm-hmm. to call it back to his old outfits mm-hmm. yeah that could be it and also like that that just tells me that this is a very professional context um, mm-hmm. like, this isn't just uh, you know he's not just there to chat he's yeah. there for a job or maybe already doing a job I mean there obviously our biggest theory is that he writes a book about Richmond um sort of that's his arc in season Mm. three but I mean it's also entirely possible that Rebecca wants to hire him in some kind of position to help with um the press not necessarily maybe Keeley's job exactly like not the PR manager Mm. but um sort of an advisor because he has so much experience with being a journalist that he Mm. would know how journalists think and work and they have been doing very bad with the press um, in just this one episode already. So it will make sense that Rebecca maybe considers doing things other than letting Ted be Ted because mm-hmm. that clearly wasn't the best strategy either. So yeah. it, it, I can see her, um, you know, wanting to hire Trend um, to help them out, to help them figure out how to talk to the press and what to tell, like what to release to the press to sort of help their image again Mm -hmm. I mean when you say um they like they struggle with the press you mean all the pundits and all the sports blogs everything yeah yeah because in the press room I mean not not the press room but it's also that this scene where uh in the press room where Ted goes off on this like self-deprecating ramble that Mm -hmm. wasn't great like in the moment it was the thing that worked because um Mm -hmm. by making jokes about himself it you know took out all this harshness from Nate's joke Mm -hmm. but it's not like a healthy or good way to handle the situation Mm -hmm. and 
I think I, I can see, you know, Rebecca considering more professional ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have many feelings about the jokes that yeah. that makes. I'm not gonna go into that now. No, this is not this podcast, um, unfortunately. No, but yeah, it it could be that she feels like um, the whole Ted let, letting Ted be Ted is not gonna work out in the long yeah. run if they really want to improve their image. So yeah, that could be it. I mean, I also threw in there once. Um, not sure if I talked about it on the podcast before, um, that I would kind of like for Trent to uh, be the club historian because I recently <laughs> learned that that's something that exists. <laughs> like football clubs have people specifically um, for just um, archives and uh, the history of the club. And that could be very like, that's that could be something deeper <laughs> that uh, Trent mentions. I love this also purpose. yeah I love the implication here that with everything that's happening Rebecca is like you know what we need a club historian that's what we need right now yeah that's that's not what what's gonna happen I know that but it's just a very nice thought so that's what we get from that trailer right yeah unfortunately that's it that's all his appearances so far I mean I have high hopes for episode two I, I'm on the edge oh, yeah. of my seat um I mean Again, this is kind of maybe a spoiler to some, but there ha- people who have already seen the first couple of episodes have reported that episode two is a fairly big episode for Trent. Obviously, this is an ensemble cast and mm-hmm. he's not going to be like the only arc just going to focus on, but like, you know, it's going to include him more than we're maybe used to mm-hmm. seeing him included. Yes, I wonder if the shot that we see in the big trailer... Um, if that's going to be in that episode already. Maybe. Could be. I think the the uh, little scene that we saw in the, like, newer trailer in Rebecca's office, I think that could be in the next episode. Yeah, I think that might actually be the first time we see Trent again. Like, that could be the scene. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of this show is, like, introducing things in Rebecca's office. That's <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that they're like, he's back. Look at him sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, also interesting because that would uh, reconnect to our whole um, him um, locking his keys inside his car because he's literally not able to leave like that. <laughs> Last time we saw him was in Richmond and next time we see him again yeah. he's still in Richmond. He he's left. still there. He, he never <laughs> left. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be um, interesting. Yeah. But also interesting to to see him outside of the whole Richmond context because that's what happens in the yeah. in the big season three trailer like he's somewhere we have never seen him before um so yeah that's gonna be we we have many cool things to look forward to yeah i think one person um uh, one like one of the people who already saw a couple of episodes said that trent is in the first four episodes which we know is wrong because he wasn't in the very first episode but it makes me think like he was so he was in like episode two three and four so much that the person just kind of like blended them all together and forgot like where episode one ended and episode two started Mm -hmm. so i think this is like a pretty good hint that he really is going to be like in a lot of the episodes now if you know this person is to be believed yeah yes ah so exciting Oh, somebody asked me. I'm not sure if it was on any of our like official <laughs> contact uh, ways like Tumblr or um, our email. But somebody asked, um, do we know when they, um, the Amsterdam episode is going to happen? We do. Which one is it? 
yeah, the leading theory is that episode six is going to be the Amsterdam episode because according to certain lists, that episode is called every advantage. No, wait, every disadvantage has its advantage. Oh. The other way around. And that yeah. was the quote from Dutch football. Mm-hmm. And that is why people assume that episode six is going to be the Amsterdam mm-hmm. episode. Interesting. So I'm now creating a whole timeline in my head because uh, like from the clues that we have, what happens and what happens before Amsterdam is... Mm. Ah, there's many exciting things to come. Also curious when when the whole Colin storylines. Uh, I mean, I think start. it's either gonna actually start in the Amsterdam episode or it's gonna start earlier already. I think it's gonna start earlier. I think the people who watched the first four episodes confirmed that um, <gasps> stuff around nice. Colin is ha- happening there. And I think it would make sense also because maybe that's the reason why Trent is also with them. <laughs> I was also trip. also like thinking about it, like if his job is like to sort of help with the way they appear, that Colin's coming out as like a very sensitive topic that he mm-hmm. would know how to handle. Again, mm-hmm. this is both my fear and my hope because my fear is that that means that he's not in the gay club because he's gay, but because he's supposed to help and he's actually mm-hmm. straight and he's just there as a journal, like as an ex-journalist. Nah, he's there because he's a gay the fear. <laughs> the fear is so. We, I mean, it would be a nice touch to be like you're a gay externalist, so that makes you double um mm-hmm. qualified. But again, I've been burnt too many times by TV shows. I gotta I see it. That. I gotta see. I gotta see him be gay to believe. Uh huh. That's uh, yeah. That's fair. At least I, I. I think I saw some someone joking about uh season uh, three opening with Trent getting married to a woman and I know they were joking but when the when like when uh, episode one was done and that hadn't happened I was still a little bit relieved (laughs) because sometimes I'm afraid that people will like jinx it into existence you know (laughs) god yeah that is why I'm so afraid of so many things that I talk about like what if I just made it happen by saying that what if I made it not never happen by saying that ah Uh... I mean that's that's not how things work. No, it's so. not. <laughs> but so many times before I've said things and then they just did happen that sometimes I wonder. Mm-hmm. But it's because you live in Jason Sudeikis' brain. Maybe or I do. Walls. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> no one's supposed to know that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was so worried that the whole thing about Colin being gay um and maybe Trent being gay also being kind of a mentor I was so afraid that that was going to be just one episode and just handled very badly and quickly um but like the more we see of the season and like teasers and trailers for the season the the more I get the feeling that it's going to be big especially because we know that um queer writers have like been part of writing that season like Dylan Maron yeah very, makes me very hopeful and excited because I think that was one of my biggest worries that we have a writer's room that's a bunch of straight people writing a very well-meaning but ultimately stale coming out storyline mm. uh, but with you know at least one queer writer confirmed and a lot of queer writers potentially on the team mm. because they were at the premiere it makes me really hopeful that this is going to be a good mm. storyline that's that actually is good for both straight people to watch and also queer people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
And I just think it's generally a very good um, practice that they have there because also mm. when they um, added Sarah Niles to the cast, um, like when when they brought in um, Dr. Sharon, they added um, Ashley Nicole Black to the writing staff when yeah. they um, when they brought in uh, Sarah Niles, and um, yeah, she's also a writer for a Black Lady sketch show. I think she even got an Emmy for that. At least she was nominated. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think that's just a very good practice that they have going to bring in people who know what they're talking about when introducing certain storylines and characters. Yep. And so that makes me very, very hopeful for for Colin and Trent and that whole thing. Same, same. Yep, that's it for today. As always, we want to thank David Hyde for the music and Mykonos Salome on Tumblr for our beautiful, beautiful cover art. And also thanks uh, to everyone for listening and for uh, sending us messages and um, for hanging out with us now. So if you want to talk to us, you can reach us on Tumblr at crimcast.tumblr.com. Or you could send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. Because as always, we, we love, love our, our chats. chats. Oh, <laughs> that's how it's